is that there's this woman, Mary, and she is a fossil finder. And it's based on a true story. Is, it an ar- is that an archaeologist? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that's called? Um, I don't know. happy new year welcome to 2021 this is the first episode of under our roof in a new year and bean has decided that he needs to be up close and personal to the mic for this episode so if you hear any scuttling or scurrying about just know that it is a three-year-old chihuahua who has chosen violence every single day of his life and he will not be denied his princely presence (laughs) on the podcast so i'm lizzie i'm grace and this is like grace said the first episode of 2021 of under our roof and we are recording this on new year's day Happy New Year. I can't say that enough. I've never um, been so happy to not be in a year before. And we talked about this on the last episode, that things are not going to magically change, and there's a great deal of work ahead of us. But just having the clean slate, it felt good today. I know. I felt like there has been a little bit of magic all day today, and I really hope to continue that into the new year um, to just throw up Mm -hmm. our sails to the winds of change and (laughs) just ride the wave and make good things this year and not necessarily change ourselves, but kind of just keep growing in a direction that we're happy about. I will say that this is the first new year in a long time, perhaps ever, that I have really thought about my intentions and goals for the year because 2020 threw off so many of us so dramatically in such a forever kind of way that it really, it really forced me to consider what are my motivations and my intentions and what do I really want to get out of a new year? I think in the past, it's always been like, this is my year. I'm going to be successful, like whatever that means. I'm going to be happy in in which areas I don't even know. And 2021, I think I actually really considered what what would I like my life to look like? And let's keep the bar low, but my hopes high. <laughs> I think the reason why this year, at least for me, does feel like this magical kind of change is partly because 2020 was such a time capsule of a year. Mm -hmm. Like, I can look back and see the whole year laid out behind me now. You know, I can see, especially March through December, I know exactly where I was on any given day. Right. And normally with a year, a year is a lot more rambling and ups and downs. And don't get me wrong, there were ups and downs last year. But I guess I just realize how short a year really is, but how much it can change your life. Wow. Yeah. And so for that reason, I don't know if we want to jump right into like sort of uh, goals and dreams for the new year, but mm-hmm. a big one of mine is just to, for maybe the first time ever, really, really use my time wisely. I just really want to like look back at the end of 2021 and see like the power of what a year used wisely can do. And I'm kind of going into this year with the expectation that a lot of it might be still spent in quarantine. Of course, we're going to get a vaccine as soon as we can. 
but I just am not trying to put any expectations on when that's going to happen or when our life won't be kind of contained in these walls of our house. And that's okay. But I think because of that, I'm going into it being like, I have a huge gift of time this year. Like most likely I'm not going to be commuting into work much. Most likely we're not going to be traveling, which isn't a bad use of time, but it does take up time. Most likely I'm going to have a lot of time here in this house and I can use it poorly or I can use it wisely. And I think just keeping in mind every day that time is both precious, but it's also plentiful and I can use it. It's just a gift. And I feel like the most straightforward way that you can change your life is to just change how you use your time. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I'm being really honest, a big part of that is way cutting down screen time that's like such a poor use of time for me. I know that's not true for everyone, but for me, I just don't get a lot out of like spending hours a day on my phone and using time in a way that makes sense, like in terms of doing things in bulk, doing things batch work when I'm actually resting, resting and not kind of multitasking. It'll be interesting to see how we feel about the passage of time this year, because I think we all went into 2020, obviously not knowing that we would be in quarantine. Quarantine alternated for me between, boy, time is flying by, and oh my gosh, this day will last for the rest of my <laughs> life. And I'm interested to see now that I kind of have my bearings a bit more, because April for me was a lost month. Like, I don't remember any April and May. I was like, what are, what are we even doing? I have no idea what time is. Now I have my bearings. I wonder how I will be able to use that and capitalize on the newfound balance and strength and confidence in myself and understanding of this new world that we're living in in 2021. You know, I'm not as disoriented as I was right. in March. Yeah, that's how so I feel, too. So with that clarity, what can I do with that yes, clarity? exactly. Like, if we had been prepared in March of 2020 of, you know, the next nine months are going to be just pretty much in your house, mm -hmm. and it's going to be a lot of extra time, but also a lot of um, things to process that you would have never thought about before, we could have used the year a lot better. Mm -hmm. That wasn't possible. Of course, like, hindsight's 2020. Mm -hmm. Right. No pun intended. Oh, God. Um. I have my expectations pretty low, but my hopes are very high. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's a good distinction. Like, high hopes, but expectations low, realizing, like, mm -hmm. nobody owes me anything. The world doesn't owe me anything but I can hope for a lot mm -hmm. and that's okay as long as I can try to keep emotions in check throughout all of that. That's definitely how I'm feeling. And I know that there are probably a lot of podcasts that y'all might be listening to that cover New Year's resolutions and goals. And we are certainly not life coaches and we're, we're figuring this out ourselves, but um, we thought we would just share a few thoughts that we had on the new year. And um, a very specific goal of mine is that I have a goal of running 10 miles this year in one go. Oh, I thought you meant total. I'm going to run 10 miles in 365 days. No, I, I've been doing this running club with my best friend, Darren. It's called Run with Darren and Grace. And each month we run with a goal in mind. Um, and we do it in support of an organization or an initiative that we want to raise money and awareness for. And 
the most I've ever run, I think, is five miles. And my goal for this year is to work my way up to running 10 miles. I, I don't think I'll run it especially well. I'm not a good runner. I don't really enjoy doing it. But I, I thought that would be kind of something to set my sights on in the distance. I think that's a great goal. Thank you. Very admirable. I really don't know if I'll reach it, to be honest. I think you can. I really do. so far. 10 miles feels really far. For running? A run walk. Like, you can always um, walk to catch your breath. And I I think that still counts. I want to run 10 miles. No, I think if you you can do a primarily running but walking for recovery every now and then and you do 10 miles, I think that's something to be very proud of. And you you can do it. I hope so. You can. We'll find out. A goal of mine this year is to really prioritize my personal writing. That's something that I've kind of been quietly doing more and more. And I've kept a blog for a long time. I've actually kind of let that go a bit dormant lately because I've been working on other areas of writing that are not online at the moment. But kind of continuing that while also getting my blog up and running again. I also have a very strange New Year's goal of starting a Twitter that's not really like just a New Year's goal. It's kind of a checklist in my bigger goal about prioritizing my personal writing. But I know that's so funny in 2021, like getting- Most people are getting off Twitter. Right. And you're like, I- I'm interested in this Twitter space. I know. I don't have, well, I have an account, but I haven't tweeted. It's literally blank. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start a Twitter, but it's kind of daunting to start social media like from scratch. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try, I think this weekend, actually, I'm going to try to like send out my first tweet, but wow. it's a lot of pressure. Well, if you feel comfortable in a future episode, you can drop the handle. Oh, yeah. And then we can have some roofers. I don't know if we've decided <laughs> on, we don't know what the name, the undies. The undies. <laughs> undies. I, it's, we've really put ourselves in a corner with what we can call listeners of this podcast, but perhaps listeners of this podcast would be interested in following your Twitter journey <laughs> as you embark on a hellscape of an app. Um, but I'm sure you, I, just knowing you, you're going to find the little pockets of peace on Twitter. I just know it. Even though Twitter so. stresses me out, and especially when quarantined, I was just doom scrolling for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you will find an enlightened writer's community of of people just being really kind to each other and sharing interesting tidbits about what they're reading and what they're working on. I hope so. so that's, that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm looking for. Just a I feel like I need a um a written medium in addition to the visual mediums of like Instagram and and um TikTok. Mm-hmm. We'll have to check back in on Lizzie gets a Twitter 2021 yeah. because that I can't wait to see how you find Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll it's a bit of I need a to, mixed bag. I don't even have the app on my phone, so I guess that's step one. Don't get it on your phone. Just do it from the computer. I, guess I mean, I don't know. I don't well, know. Maybe people will have some advice on like how to <laughs> get involved in like wholesome queer wholesome Twitter? writer TikTok. Yeah, or Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I want to dance on the roof, you and me alone. I want to cut to the feeling. I want to cut to the feeling. But I think that one thing that a lot of our goals have in common, whether it's writing, music, content, is that we want to both make and see more queer content in the world. Boy, do we ever. And that brings us to a new segment. A new segment. I'm so excited. Spend the rest of the episode on. And the segment is called, what's it called? It is called 
literally we Queer just content for your oh that's what it's called yeah wait okay let's do that pretend like you didn't hear that ask me again okay so our new segment is called queer content for your consideration yeah <laughs> so if you follow us on instagram i would say specifically if you follow me on instagram no offense to your a little instagram, bit me a little bit you but mostly me i have started essentially vlogging on my instagram <laughs> live stories reacting. live reacting there you go i live react to everything that we watch and we have been in a mood recently an unapologetic mood for just that gay shit that's all we want like we okay this is not going to be the focus because the show isn't gay enough for us but we just tried to start bridgerton tonight Mm -hmm. and i feel like everyone's talking about it and it seems lovely the actors seem awesome it's like a fun premise Mm -hmm. But it's so straight, I just can't get into it. Yeah. And I, I think it's because care. we've been spoiled with all the queer content that yeah. we're going to submit for the listener's consideration. Yeah. So in this segment, we're going to talk about three... It's a reoccurring segment. Yes, it's going to be a reoccurring segment. So on this episode for the segment, we're going to talk about three things that we've watched pieces recently. Of content. Pieces of content. But as time goes on, we're going to bring this back up and mm-hmm. keep y'all up to date with what queer content we're watching and we hope to have a lot of it this next year absolutely we'd also love to hear from you if there is queer content that you would like for us to consider then you can email us at under our roof pod at gmail.com and while you're doing that why don't you just go on and rate review and subscribe (laughs) to this podcast yeah we're an independent podcast so it really does help us out when you do that we read every single review we read every single email so you can get in touch with us that way and with that said we have three pieces of content that we will be reviewing for your consideration lady what are those three pieces of content okay so there's two recent ones Mm -hmm. and there's one not so recent but new to us Mm -hmm. so we recently finished watching the wilds which is a new series on amazon prime Mm -hmm. then also last night actually on new year's eve we watched ammonite the new film with sir sharonin and kate winslet and then a couple of weeks ago we watched the 1992 classic basic instinct for the first time neither of us really knew what to expect going into it and it changed our lives it really did change my life (laughs) i would encourage you to watch it but please watch it after we give you the basis for why this is queer content for your consideration well which thing should we talk about first I think we should just start with what we watched most recently, which was Ammonite. We watched it last night, starring Academy Award winner Kate Winslet and Academy Award nominee Saoirse Ronan. The shot was close, sir. I'm in awe, Miss Annie. Your skills are legendary. Here you are, at your work. My wife, she hasn't been at all well of late. The doctor prescribed taking the sea air, but it has been a little slow. What a wonderful opportunity it would be for her to walk out with you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I don't like the water. tomorrow to find the rest of it. It seems your Mrs. Murchison has been able to 
Heavyweights, if you will. Oh yeah, two titans in their field. Yes, I do from not different know. generations. I do not know how to describe actors. I just start, <laughs> I immediately went to sports titans. references. I was like, two titans. They square off in battle in this film about lovers. Okay, so the film Ammonite. We had been wanting to watch it because we'd heard a lot of pre-release hype. So yeah. I wouldn't say I heard a lot of hype once it came out because honestly, nobody could really find it to watch it. It was only available on like one platform to start with and then by the time we watched it um new year's eve you could rent it mm-hmm. on uh itunes i guess for ten dollars my friends it was a ten dollar rental which yeah. is fine i mean it is notably like, more expensive than other movies we have rented recently yeah i think the reason why we were like okay like eyebrow raise is not because of the dollar amount because mm-hmm. I will tell you this was our cheapest New Year's date of all time. <laughs> so we stayed in and watched a $10 rental on Amazon. And we ordered or Domino's. Or not Amazon, on um, iTunes, and we ordered Domino's. So mm-hmm. I'm not complaining about the money per se, but I did just notice to you start with the most expensive rental I've seen previously was six ninety nine for a new release. Yeah. So this one and they so, were like, all right, all right, gays. You're, yeah, they're paying a premium yes, for they, this content. It was like a gay tax, basically, yeah. is what I would call it, which feels a little wrong. It does. But anyway, so we watched this movie and well, describe uh, describe the premise. Okay. Give us the log line. Yeah. So the premise, and we're not gonna give spoilers for any of the content we're gonna be talking no. about, by the way. But the premise of Ammonite is that there's this woman, Mary, and she is a fossil finder. And it's based on a true story. Is, it an ar- is that an archaeologist? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that's called? Um, I don't know. <laughs> she's a fossil finder. <laughs> that's not a... I mean... Yeah, I, yes. Archaeologist seems like... Yeah, like she just the kinda, title of her job. No, she just like goes out and finds fossils. fossils yeah, like an, an, an archaeologist. I thought I feel like archaeologists like dig up like lost civilizations. Well, I mean, dinosaurs. <laughs> They're that's not a she, civilization. <laughs> I would that you know of. Okay, okay, okay. What do you know about these fossils? We're like, getting way off topic. Okay. The point is, she wanders the beach in some in remote Lime, English town. England. In Lyme, England. She wanders the this beaches. That's where the name Limestone comes from. Okay. And she wanders around the beaches by herself, and she looks for... Fossils. Fo- <laughs> like like a, a ammonite. Well, like, ammonite is one of the types of fossils, fossils that has like an imprint of an ancient like snail or something. Yeah, so if you're um for the record, if you are playing a drinking game to this episode of Under Our Roof, you're going to just take a sip every time we say fossil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she finds fossils and then this guy <laughs> shows up because she's sort of like renowned for her fossil finding. Yeah. And this guy shows up with his wife who is very depressed. They say she has melancholia because yeah. that's from the time it's like 1800s. And the wife is Sir Ronan. The wife is Sir Ronan. And he's like, yo, could you watch my wife? Because I feel like she could be cheered up by helping you find fossils. Yeah. Which, now that I'm saying it out loud, like, what a weird premise. So anyway, he's he leaves. So Sir For like six weeks For six weeks, he leaves his wife with Kate Winslet. Yeah. And they he, proceed to... Not speak. They sort of are hostile towards each other for a while. Hostile, but also silent. Yeah, like a silent hostility. And Mm -hmm. then randomly they just start having really passionate sex. Yeah, it is a a romance movie um, that is 
heavy on the physical intimacy and real light on the quality time and dialogue. Yeah, so th- I would say there's actually not a lot of romance. It's more like an erotic fossil film. <laughs> <laughs> an erotic fossil film. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really That's like not what romance is there? The ro- okay, I will say this. Sersha gives it a go. Kate Winslet char- Kate Winslet's character as I would imagine to be the case She is a lonely lesbian in a remote town in England, okay? She's, you know, over the age of 40. She's kind of over the bullshit. She's not trying to, like, write love letters. She is just trying to, like, find her fossils and GTFO out of life. I mean, honestly, it's like she's just going to wait. She's not really interested in, like death to release. <laughs> I don't know. She seems really down. She, seems- she doesn't seem down. She just seems like focused on the fossils. That's all she cares about. Because she doesn't like anything else about her life. Like she lives with her mom who I don't, I mean, no offense to the mom, but like is kind of a wet blanket on <laughs> her life. <laughs> I feel like, like just roasting I think we movie. might be getting too much in the weeds of the movie. Okay. Basically, honestly, a plus sex scenes, really no good, notes. really good sex scenes. Yeah, I will like, say. yeah. And apparently they choreographed them themselves, and they shot one on Saoirse Ronan's birthday per Saoirse Ronan's request. No, no, no. Kate, what moved the sex scene filming date to coincide with Saoirse's birthday because Kate said she wanted Saoirse to have a really good birthday. That's an incredible piece of film. Trivia that we have all learned and about I feel like Kate Winslet. Once you watch the movie, if you do, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see that this was would have been quite an involved thing to film because it's yes. not like one of those things where they're like making out and then the camera pans Absolutely away. Absolutely not. No, we it get couldn't a, be less like it that. Couldn't be less like that. So listen, it is a slow burn. It is a period lesbian drama. If you are listening to this show, then you're probably open to that. And familiar with that type of genre. Think, sure. Think like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but it's British and it's really slow mm-hmm. and there's a lot less talking. Yeah, I liked it less. And the ending is... Well, don't give I'm me not any spoilers. Any, I'm okay. not going to say anything, but I will just say that the ending for me, as soon I could kind of tell that it was coming and I was out loud saying, and Lizzie, you can vouch for me, I was like, please don't go to credits. Please don't go to credits. Please don't go to credits. And then it went immediately to credits. And so I would give it out of five stars, I would give it three, two and a half. I'm never going to watch it again. That's the thing. I'm never going to be in the mood to watch it again. My friend asked me how it was and I texted her and I was like, I'm glad I watched it, but I will not watch it again. Yeah. The the actors do a really great job. I think in the writing and in the, in the editing, it, they just got to, they got to pick it up. And I, I also think that, and this is a general note that I have for a lot of queer media. We need to see the couple having good ordinary times in order to root for them when things get hard. We had a glimmer of a scene of that in Ammonite where they're just being kind of normal and having fun. There was one or two scenes, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like, think about how, you know, how relationships develop. 
We need to see this couple getting along and being in love with each other and having things just be kind of normal and not as dramatically charged. Oh, there's time for that too. Give us the gay angst. We want it. But you need to give us something to root for before mm-hmm. we get to the gay angst. Yeah. So that was that was Ammonite that we mm-hmm. watched last night. Um, I would be interested if other people loved it. I haven't met uh, yeah, anyone I haven't or heard spoken anyone to say anyone. They love yeah, because I, I I did a story about it on Instagram, a, 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 an elaborate story, over on the gram, and most people said actually my fun the funniest comment I got was from someone someone DM'd me like this was um the first ASMR lesbian movie <laughs> because there's just no talking but there is there are noises there are noises. Okay, the next thing that we want to talk about is the wilds. Oh, the wilds. I love the wilds. We love. I don't mean to say that what happened wasn't traumatic. To end up where we did, in the middle of nowhere, completely cut off from the lives we left behind. That brings us to the real question, doesn't it? What was so great about the lives we left behind? feels like everywhere I go, somebody's asking me to meet some kind of expectation. I feel broken. A series on Amazon Prime just got renewed for season two. And Lizzie Baldridge, can you tell me, what is the premise for The Wilds? Okay, so The Wilds is a series. It's 10 episodes. And it's sort of um, YA, I would say. Yeah. Like, all the main characters are around, like, 17 years old, roughly. Mm-hmm. The actors are a little bit older, for what it's worth. So mm. if we talk about like, oh, like this person would be my crush, it's not that weird. Like I'm in my 20s, they're all in their 20s. But mm-hmm. yes, the characters are like 17. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> just needed to say that. Yeah, I don't think anyone would think it was weird, but Okay, well there is sort of like a predatory older person in the oh, show, right, yeah. so I don't want to be that. You are definitely <laughs> this is a podcast from the home of your married spouse. So. Okay. Well, anyway, so the premise of the show is that um, eight teenage girls are in a plane crash mm-hmm. and they are stranded on a desert island. Think lost. But there's just eight girls who are all around the same age, like maybe seniors in high school, roughly. Mm-hmm. And they are stuck on the island. Mm-hmm. And I don't want well, to give they, any spoilers they, were, they thought that they were going for a retreat weekend yes like a young women's um leadership retreat. leadership retreat weekend and they basically become marooned on this island then as the season goes on and this is harder to give more details because we really don't well, want to give spoilers but what i will as the season goes on you learn that the island and the um retreat that they were sent on is not anything like what it seemed yes there's a there's a whole other side of the world basically or there's a whole other side of the story even though the show takes place on the island um you do get a lot of like backstory about these girls lives before the island so a lot of the story takes place in sort of like flashbacks from there they're not all friends some of them are but they all come from like different parts of the country Mm -hmm. so you get to kind of know like what their lives in high school were like before the island yeah and the whole 
season is 10 episodes. Like I said, each one focuses more or less on like a different girl and her story. Yeah. And I'm very happy to say gay stuff happens. Gay stuff happens. And I think the casting of this show just five stars out of five stars. I I totally agree. The writing for me as a 30-year-old person, can be a little heavy-handed in the teen angst side of things. But I also recognize that this is a show predominantly targeting teenagers. And Mm -hmm. I know that when I was a teenager, I'm thinking of Skins, which which was a show that I loved. I loved that type of, like, heavy-handed writing. That really, like, sugary, sweet, like syrupy like type you'll of never writing. understand yeah me. that i loved it yeah so it's very angsty as it, a show it is but i really enjoyed it that that being all that being i said. loved it it's one of those shows where starting out i was like i don't know if this will be my cup of tea and mm-hmm. by the end i i think we finished the show like three or four days ago and i've been sad every day that i don't have more episodes of it to watch yeah we've been missing it. i think the really cool thing about it is that you rarely see a show that has like as as a woman like and i love content and um and media like about women and for women you rarely have a show that gives you like eight fully developed mm-hmm. female characters that are all like so great in their own right right and this is a rare example of i mean there's like a few men in the show as like sort of subplots really stories yeah yeah. but the main characters are all women and Mm -hmm. i think that's a really cool premise and it does take a few episodes to get to sort of this queer romance and i don't want to give any spoilers about that but i don't think it's really a spoiler to say you can kind of guess like there's eight girls stranded on an island like something's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and it does and it's great and i have a crush on both those characters who end up having little island fling yeah (laughs) and it's just super fun and i cannot wait for season two i'm really excited for season two i think that they they kind of found lightning in a bottle with this casting yeah because like lizzie was saying there there are some characters that i really would have loved to see more from that i would like to see developed more in season two nora comes to mind that's me being pretty nitpicky because I really thought that each of these characters felt so embodied and lived in. And yeah, it's very cool when a show finds a perfect cast. And that's one of my main fears for season two is I just, I don't want anyone new in the fray. Mm -hmm. I only want like these eight. I'm like obsessed with them. I love them. The unsinkable eight. Yes. That's what they're kind of like again not a spoiler but they start kind of going by the unsinkable eight because they survived this plane crash so we love the wilds i would give it honestly four and a half out of five stars probably for me and if you have seen the show or you do end up watching the show i would love to know who is your favorite character or the character that you most identify with because it is kind of like a star sign enneagram type Mm -hmm. of personality thing because the personalities of the girls are so distinctive it's just it's such a fun show i really liked it i would recommend it to anyone The last piece of queer content for your consideration that we would like to recommend is Basic Instinct, yeah, the 1992 is. psychological thriller starring my queen, Sharon <laughs> Stone, as Catherine Trammell, 
wreaking havoc on these toxic men in San Francisco. So we got 31 stab wounds. What was it? Ice pick. I'd like to speak to Miss Catherine Tremell, please. Is she a suspect? She's a writer. She published a novel. It's about a retired rock and roll star who gets murdered by his girlfriend. You know how she does the boyfriend? With an ice pick. She intended the book to be her alibi. You didn't feel anything for him. You just had sex with him for your book. In the beginning, he gave me a lot of pleasure. You like playing games? Games are fun. What's your new book about? A detective. He falls for the wrong woman. What happens? She kills him. So Basic Instinct is almost exactly the same age as I am. It came out the year after I was born. And somehow I went my whole life never seeing it. I've heard of this movie, but I don't know why I just never saw it. I guess it would have been, you know, too old for me, like a rated R movie when Mm -hmm. I was a baby. So I just kind of missed it. And then Grace the other day was like, oh, it's on Netflix. Like, would you want to watch this? Well, the reason why I recommended it is because Lizzie and I have a very um, shallow overlap of genres that we both enjoy when it comes to watching movies. Now, anything gay, fair game, pretty much. But if I want to watch something that is more on the horror side of things, that's not really Lizzie's cup of tea, even though I love horror movies and horror shows. So we've landed on like psychological thrillers. Yes, that's I really, love thrillers. Yeah, really happy medium. So you can have like a killer, you can have like the spookiness, like we loved Bly Manor, hauntings and things like that are all fair game. But you really have to find that sweet spot. So I'm scrolling through Netflix and I see that they have Basic Instinct. And I'm like, I've heard about this movie. It's supposed to be a classic. The cover, I guess, looked kind of cool. I don't really know what it was. You know, maybe it was just fate. I know. Because maybe it was going into this movie, we had no idea no. that there is a queer aspect to the movie. No. And this is what I will say. I did grow up with a film buff in the household. I mean, my dad and my brother are both huge film buffs and we grew up watching all sorts of movies that were probably not appropriate for the age that I was seeing them at. And so I was familiar with Basic Instinct. Whenever it came up and the memes about it, um, not that there are like a lot of current memes, but you'd always see the scene parodied when she's being interrogated. I always just thought that it was, I don't know, like this really sexist movie or something. I, I just thought that it was like this very sort of cringy 1990s, um, like horn fest for boys. I don't know. That's how it was like marketed. Well, let's people might not know what it even is. So oh let's yeah, back you should up. describe. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so I have a lot to say about this movie, but we're gonna we're gonna rein it in. Like Grace said, it's a psychological thriller, and basically the premise is that there's this woman, Catherine Trammell, very glamorous, mysterious woman, and she's a writer. She's a novelist, and she wrote a novel that involved a man um, being murdered with an ice pick. And then the guy that she had been sleeping with, not really her boyfriend, but, you know, a lover, is found murdered with an ice pick. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the beginning. In fact, him getting murdered with an ice pick is the very first scene of the movie. And that's the premise, is that she immediately becomes a suspect because this guy that she was linked to was murdered in the exact way described in her novel. So Mm -hmm. that's a little fishy. But then kind of the conclusion that she presents is, well, obviously it couldn't have been me because why would I do the exact thing from my book and implicate myself? Right. And then the question of the movie is like, who is the killer? And 
who's kind of outsmarting who. Yeah, and because then, there's this really smarmy, slimy, gross detective that it's this sort of cat and mouse of who's eluding who yeah. and who's um, really in control of this murder investigation. All the messaging that I received about this movie growing up was that it was gonna be this sort of like gross sexist 1990s movie and there are elements of that on the part of the detective but what was fascinating for me to watch was the choices that Sharon Stone made for this character Catherine Trammell are so powerful deliberate I think really like specific timeless timeless and queer. I think decidedly yeah. queer. Well, the main character of Catherine Trammell, this is not like us, our interpretation. This is a fact about the movie. The main character of Catherine Trammell is not straight. Yes. And I don't want to give, I feel like too much more will give spoilers, but mm-hmm. she does have like a female lover in the movie. And that's a very important part of the movie and a very important part of her life. And that they have a relationship that I think was very ahead of its time for how society understood relationships in 1992. So there are a lot of things about this character, Catherine Trammell, that at the time, I understand, were played for almost like for fear and disgust and like but also fascination, like who could live like this and who is this person? Like she must be um, depraved in some way in order to conduct herself in this regard. But now that we're in 2021, you watch it back and you're like, oh, this is a fully empowered person who is sexually liberated and is nobody's bitch, basically. Like that's really yeah. what – and so the scene that I'd seen all these – like skits about and you know was really this this scene that uh, of her in the interrogation where she's crossing and uncrossing her legs and that I don't think that's a spoiler first of all this movie is from 1992 so like there is a scene where she does something that had always been presented to me even since I was a kid as like very like sexual and like kind of a come on type of thing and watching it back watching the full context of the scene I was like oh that's not at all what she's doing like this is fully a a power move for a woman who knows how to read and to play men, specifically abusive, toxic men who will only see her as a sexual object. And it was just, I, I really would be curious if other people watch it with the lens that we have now in 2021 and the perspectives that we have and the representation that is available to us. And just like, let me know what you think, because I felt like I was watching the Da Vinci code. That's what I felt like. And then a few days after that, I had to get on a zoom call with my parents. And I was like, have you guys seen basic instinct recently? Like this movie's amazing. And my parents were just like, okay, all right. Yeah. She's no, yeah, she's talking about gay stuff again. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, this one's with Sharon stuff. Yeah. From 1992. Oh, that's great. Gracie. That's great. Like that's literally how I felt like on the zoom call. Like I just solved the Da Vinci code. But in addition to the fact that there is this like really interesting sort of, I guess, facet of feminism and this like queer storyline that you can gather from watching this movie, on top of that, it's honestly so fun and like such a just like thrilling watch. And I'm going to admit something about myself that I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I'll say it. I have not great taste in movies like 
anything older than I am, I'm not that interested in. Like, you have to really sell me on it because, I don't know, it's like if it's my attention span or what, but, like, I get so bored in old movies. Like, I do not like them. And that's why a movie even, like, around the same age as I am, like, from the early 90s, I was like, eh, I feel like it's going to be slow. Like, I'm just not that into it. I was – there was – I screamed at the TV multiple times. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And then we – um texted my sister and I was like, Anna, you should watch Basic Instinct. And Lizzie's sister is 22. Yeah, so she's born in 1998, so the movie is older than she is. And she watched it, I think, that night and loved it, too. I really, really would love for people to watch Basic Instinct and let us know how you felt about it. And something that I will add without giving anything away, there are two things I want to just say about this movie. The sense of place in San Francisco is really fun and cozy. Mm-hmm. There's, I love a movie or a television show with a good sense of place and a location that is almost a character. Yeah. And the other thing that I will say is that I think this would work really well as a television show. Yeah, we really want someone to remake Basic Instinct as a limited miniseries. Yeah. And I think it'd be so good. Yeah, and exploring all of the rabbit holes and loose ends that the movie sort of touches on and i think that could just be so interesting especially with the the perspective that we have now on this movie so those are three pieces of queer content that we would love for you to consider that we have consumed recently i'm trying yeah. to get a lot of alliterations i don't know maybe that makes the podcast more interesting or something yeah probably. yeah it probably works people yeah. are definitely still listening because of the queer content that you could have consumed and considered considered on your couch currently <laughs> <laughs> okay so those were our recent watches um we are going to be looking for more queer content again i said we started bridgerton undecided if we're going to continue it it's just Mm -hmm. so painfully straight i just am not that interested in straight content these days so if i'm being really blunt (laughs) no it's it's fair i mean there's something about this year maybe i've just unapologetically been like i just i'm just looking for the gay shit that's you gotta throw me a gay bone yeah like you can't just have a totally straight show and i mean you can i just am not gonna be that interested in it certainly happened (laughs) before I mean, that's why we literally could not finish Emily in Paris. It was so heterosexual. I just couldn't. We thought do it. for a while there might have been a love story, and then it was quickly diminished. There were also other reasons why we couldn't finish Emily yeah. in Paris, mostly because I hated Emily. <laughs> Sorry for people who loved Emily I in Paris. Hating Paris I'm- too. <laughs> I'm in this queer content for your consideration segment that will be an ongoing thing. I'm going to be really blunt, but I actually very much believe in like subjectivity and everyone should like what they like and not feel bad about it. So if I ever diss anything and you love it, please do not take it personally. (laughs) I really don't want those Ammonite fans coming after (laughs) us. I am worried. Well, I didn't hate Ammonite. No. But they're also probably But I will never watch it again. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? So there probably aren't any fans to come oh, no. after us. Oh, no. That's it's mean. Ruthless. So if you have been watching or would like us to watch some queer content for us to consider, to share for other people to consider, send us an email at underourroofpod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new things, and this will be a reoccurring segment to just catch you up on some of the stuff that we've been watching. We're currently scouring Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Amazon. We're looking for our next fix, and... 
We don't have Disney Plus because there's nothing gay on it, Absolutely. from our understanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some, you know, queer coded characters, but they're all villains in the movies. So. Yeah. We will be downloading Disney Plus the day that they have something gay on there. The day that they allow Love Victor to be on their platform. Yeah, that's a whole, another story. For that's another a whole day. other story. Um, anyway, this episode is sponsored by Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're just going for the. I know. I know. We're filming this later at night, and know, it's we're a, a little new, punchy. The first, the first day of a new year. So that was our first segment of queer content for your consideration. We're going to be doing more of them, and we are really excited about all the podcast episodes that we have in mind for this new year, and we're excited for our first full year of doing Under Our Roof. Our first full year. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that the new year has been treating you right, and we'll see you on the next episode. We're excited about all that is to come, and we really believe in you and everything that is going to come for you this year as well. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Kind of like a thread at the end. (laughs) (laughs) All the things that are going to come for you. Hopefully those things are good health and prosperity. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know, we need to end this episode. I'm so sorry. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. My apologies to Disney Plus. Bye. Bye. For my sweet old-fashioned babe.